What's up, everyone? Welcome to the pilot episode of our brand new podcast, Real Game with Crit. Shane. So I hope y'all are having a very good and uh, blessed day. I'm Christian Crittenden, and that on the other side is my partner, Dimitri Chen. We are bringing you a brand new podcast. As, you mentioned, as I mentioned before, Real Game with Crit and Chen, bringing you real game on everything from sports, pop culture, just everyday life, right? So we want to give you everything. what we have to offer and what everyone else has to offer and uh, trying to help you guys have a better day to, and hope you learn something that you didn't know by the, by the time you finish the podcast. So I'm going to let Dimitri introduce, introduce himself and then I'll introduce myself. Dimitri, go ahead. Absolutely, my brother. First and foremost, man, I want to say, man, I'm so excited about this podcast, man. Yeah. You know, just going back to, you know, as being at Georgia State. Um, so for those of you that don't know, you know, me and my guy, Christian, we both, attended Georgia State University, um, you know, heavily involved in, in sports journalism there. So, you know, uh, we, we definitely collaborated on a lot of great things while we were up there. Mm-hmm. And you know, we just wanted to take it to another level. So that's the purpose of us bringing this uh, real game. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't even like to call it a podcast because it's like, you know, we, we have so, so uh, many things that we want to, um, you know, established with this platform that we have. So, uh, you know, I, I really um, am excited about it. But, you know, going back from Georgia State, you know, being a, a sports reporter there with the Signal um, and then kind of just doing some freelance work uh, with uh, Action Sports and News. Shout out to Greg Collier. Very good, very, very good guy. Very solid guy. Gave me a lot of opportunities to cover um, some of you guys' favorite teams in Atlanta anyways, you know, the Hawks, Falcons, mm-hmm. um, Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia Tech. Um, so, you know, I had, had a good run with him and then, you know, did some work with 11 Alive briefly. And, um, you know, now I'm just, you know, dibbling and dabbling and everything, man. You know, I got married. I got married. Shout out to my beautiful wife. And uh, <laughs> we got to say – On that, man. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So then we got us a golden doodle, you know, our little dog son, you know. So I mean, I'm, it, it, it was a good year. 2020 was a good year, you know, but I also want to, you know, um, just say that we lost a lot of good people in our family, uh, my father-in-law in particular. So this episode, you know, I kind of want to just say that uh, he would be proud, you know, he would be proud that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting things rolling with the sports. So um, just want to, you know, share some light on that. But yeah, man, it's it's time to take it to the next level, Crit. Yeah, it is. Uh, so like Dimitri mentioned, both graduates of Georgia State University. I graduated in May 2020. So uh, due to COVID, obviously, had a uh, very interesting end to my senior year of college. You know, didn't, classes were canceled. We just had them online, didn't have a graduation, had a virtual one. So it was just, um, you know, a different time. But even before that, you know, I was at the Signal for three years with Dimitri. We, as you mentioned, we had several videos, football and basketball games. We would do post-game videos. And that's how kind of we kind of developed our chemistry together. But we actually go back further than that. We actually, before we attended Georgia yeah. State University, <laughs> we were both at Perimeter Campus. And Absolutely. we were both writing for the Signal, but didn't know it because it we had we had a class, uh, shout out to uh, – Dr. Isley, we had one of our journalism Dr. Classes. Isley. <laughs> we had Man. one of our classes, and um, that's how we met. And then we, you know, ended up writing for the learn, learn, figure out we both write for the signal. So, I mean, this is back 2016, I think. So, you know, yeah. we've known each other for a long time and working together for a long time. So, this is coming to the works. 
Dimitri um, hit me up a, a few months ago and said, with the idea, and said, you know what? Why not? Let's give it a shot. Let's roll with it. Let's see what we can make of it and what we can turn it into. So um, I wrote for the Signal for three years, and then I left the Signal and I joined PRN a little bit too late. But, you know, I was able to get some on-camera work. Um, they all got anchor ones, too, so I got experience doing, doing it all right. And I worked at Album 88, the radio station at campus, and I interned. Shout out to a mentor, home team, B-Leak, Brandon Leak. Home team. Home team, host on yes, the Now He gave me a <laughs> shot, so I got to intern there for a couple of years. Got to cover the Hawks, Georgia Tech, football and basketball. This is a freelance work for one of our mentors as well, Terrence Moore, on his site. Terrence. And uh, also, Raphael got me, gave me a shot with three point conversion. So I've been writing him. So Raph, I just, what's going on, brother? Uh, just, <laughs> you know, just, just grinding, you know, hustling till we, till we get that, get that first spot, you know. So that's a little bit about me. I'm from Detroit, not from Atlanta. I actually have a flag here. That I haven't, <laughs> haven't uh, put it up yet, but it's Detroit flag. I'll put it up next week for the show. But uh, Detroit tell, flag, shout <laughs> out to you know, everyone back home watching this. Uh, Ready to go, man. You know, like you said, 2020 was a uh, was a good year, but it was a rough year as well. So, taking everything, you know, all I'm saying now, we are going straight into 2021 with a full head of steam. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And what's crazy is, you know, um, 2021 started right, and one of the crazier things that occurred um, in the beginning of 2020 was obviously, you know, Kobe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Gigi and uh, the rest of those passengers on that on that helicopter mm -hmm. uh, flight. So it's like, you know, 2021, you want to be positive. You know, you want to have a, a, a new um, bolt of energy. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's time to, it's time to make moves this year. You mm -hmm. know, last year is in the past now. So it's just about elevating and progressing. So, you know, it's it's kind of hard to, to, to be, you know, um, excited because yeah. of. Kobe passing away. The anniversary was yesterday. Right. Um, and uh, also, you know, Sekou Smith, you know, our fellow uh, journalist, you know, sports sports reporter, all of that. He was, you know, it's, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy, you know. This coronavirus stuff is, is real, obviously. And, um, you know, a, a day that we were going to be, you know, not necessarily celebrating, obviously, yeah. but remembering Kobe Bryant and his daughter and, you know, right. just their legacy, then we have to mourn and grieve all over again. Yeah, because I know, it, right. You know, say cool. So it's it's terrible, man. But, yeah. you know, he, he's a, a, a Michigan guy, mm -hmm. you know, from from uh, close to where you're from. So I know it meant, you know, I know it hurt you in a different way as well. Yeah, so um, I actually met him last year at a Hawks game, it was maybe beginning of 2020, maybe in the 2019, it was sometime around there. But I, that's when I met him for the first time. And uh, I knew a little bit about him, I didn't know like a lot about him, but uh, I got to sit there and just talk to him for, we were talking for maybe 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes just about basketball. It was about five or six of us around the table and just talking like, I was just like, whoa. And he knew a lot, it was crazy just like, listen, just, you know, the knowledge and just bouncing questions off of him, asking him about journalism. Ask him about just Absolutely. NBA players and like what he thought about this guy, that guy, you know, what he's done throughout his career. And it's like, wow, you know, just really, really knows a lot. You know, you could just, just meeting someone for, for so long. I mean, for, you know, only 30, 40 minutes, right? But you could just kind of see the kind of person he is, why everyone loves him so much, why even yesterday, the, the, the amount of support that he received on social media, and I'm sure this from everywhere was, was, was crazy. You know, it was like, 
even like NBA players, NBA yeah. coaches, NBA officials were all, you know, showing support for him, team. So that's a person that that's love. You know, that's not a person that people just didn't like. And I saw something earlier that said, you know, your legacy in this world really happens happens to be more about how you treat people and how, you know, people how you treat I guess how you treat others and how you respect it as opposed to what you've done. And that's very true. And you can see like, you know, he's only on earth for a short time, but he still left a lasting impact on sports journalism, on the NBA, and just in life in general. So, you know, very, very sad day to lose someone like that. But he left a very big impact on his world. Yeah, I mean, man, you said it you said it all right there, man. I mean, you really, you know, just hit it on the head. It's it's like you think it's it's really crazy because you think you know you have so much time right to live right as right. long as you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing as far as you know eating right working out you know things of that nature drinking right. water but in reality it's like you know it, it, in today's world anyways that's not the case never you know, know people are, the lifespan now is, is shorter and shorter so the things that you do while you're here, like you said, man, it, it really does count. You yeah. know, it really does. So, you know, I, that's dope that you got a chance to meet him because, you know, I would have loved to have been able to, you know, uh, inter- engage with him, you know, and, and kind of just pick his brain a little bit. Um, but but that's pretty cool that you were able to, you know, share a moment with him and, uh, you know, uh, meet him personally. So that's, that's cool, man. But, yeah, rest in peace to – Say cool, man, and and God bless his family. And uh, I just pray that everybody that's out here watching, even if, you know, the ones that's not watching, um, you know, I'll just stay safe with this coronavirus stuff. Yeah, man, let's just see. And and in fact, I heard that, uh, I heard that they were thinking about bringing the, um, the, what, the All-Star game here? The same day, right, that they talk about doing that, you know, say who passed away due to COVID. So hopefully they kind of take that one back and realize that wouldn't be the best idea, and they could just kind of, you know, put a wrap on that one. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how they're gonna have an All Star game when they can't even get through. They, they can't go through one day without having a game canceled in the league. But they wouldn't have an All Star game. I don't understand how that's gonna work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 kind of mind boggling in a sense because it's like, okay, you know, we're we're supposed to be, you know, making strides to where. Everybody can attend events such as the All Star Game right. and regular basketball games, right? Only way that's gonna happen is if we chill out for a moment. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I get it. Money, money is is a big you know factor in all of this. I get yeah. that, but at the same time, you know you gotta really just analyze the situation. What's more important? Because essentially, from a business mind mindset, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm the NBA. I'm thinking to myself, okay, we'll make more money mm-hmm. if we have our arenas, you know, more full. No, agree, agree. So the purpose of you hosting an all-star game and having, you know, some fans in attendance, that's not going to get you back to full attendance, which means more money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So, I, mm-hmm. I mean, right now you're scratching to stay alive, I suppose. But, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, you got to take a step back to get, you know, further ahead. But yeah. who am I, right? <laughs> right. No, they don't care, right? So um, we'll see. Um, I guess we'll get into the NBA a bit later. Um, but right now I want to get into some NFL. Let's go with you. Oh, man. My, my, 
I would say no, but you know, I, I the way the Giants ended the season, you know, was on a high note in a sense. So yeah, we could touch yeah. on NFL. All I'm right. not I'm not <laughs> I'm not too much at a low point. All right, uh, so well, I guess we start with Subo preview and tied it in with the uh last week's game. So last week, obviously last Sunday, the Chiefs and the Bucks, Tampa Bay Bucks, Kansas City Chiefs punch their tickets to the Super Bowl fifty five in Tampa Bay. So the Bucks will be the first team to play Super Bowl at their home stadium. First team in history, right? And who else better to make that happen? But I guess Tom Brady, right? The GOAT, T V twelve, all of it. Uh so we'll go with that game yeah. first. It was uh Demetrius actually over here watching the game together. It was uh social distance is safe, of course, everyone. So just to say right. <laughs> but we did watch the game and it was uh it was quite interesting, like I would say. I guess the the Bucks had a really big first half. You know, they and they scored a really big touchdown before the half. Tom Brady to Scotty Miller with about eight seconds left, which pretty much yeah. and that was the difference in the game, if we're being honest. But they scored that touchdown and uh come back in the second half. And as soon as the second half starts, um Rogers, you know, dumps a pass off to Aaron Jones, who fumbles, and then the Bucks get it back, and one play later they score a touchdown. So the Packers are really behind the eight ball at that point, And they try to make a comeback. It's just Aaron Rodgers a few touchdowns to make a comeback, but they just couldn't get it over the hump to meet you. I guess kind of what are your thoughts on that game and, you know, tell oh me push your ticket to the, to the uh, Super Bowl. Man, I tell you what. Aaron Jones, he, he did more than just fumble. He he fumbled not only the game, but my little funky $20. But I, I, <laughs> but I tell you, I tell you what, man. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers honestly – they should have won that game, in my, in my personal opinion. They should have won that game. They they made enough plays offensively, right, aside from the, the mistakes, right? They made enough plays offensively. The defense, you know, uh, after the first half, you know, they kind of, you know, bounced back, forcing three turnovers, three interceptions uh, from, from TV 12. That's not necessarily uh, a thing you see every day. Um, so they made the plays, man. They made the plays. The issue was – they also made a lot of bad plays. And, you know, the turnovers are going to plague you in the, in the playoffs. That's that's I, I, I shouldn't even have to say that. I'm not going to, you know, say it too often here because that's the obvious. But I'm just upset because Aaron Rodgers, coming into the season, no one, no one had them making it probably to, you know, the playoffs necessarily, right? Because Minnesota, they came up a, a pretty solid year. But yeah. Um, you know, so we didn't – well, I didn't necessarily have them making the playoffs. But to get into the playoffs, get to the championship game and have an opportunity to knock off Tom Brady and cement your name as possibly, you know, the, the number one quarterback in the game, you know, and you and, and, and you guys flop. You flop. But I'm not necessarily surprised, I guess, because Tom Brady just finds a way every time. He finds a way, except when, you know, he plays <laughs> the Giants. But, <laughs> but, so but, in there, huh? but <laughs> I had to because, you know, I had to. I had to because I heard him and Tom, uh, Eli were chatting the other day, and he was still sour, you know, over the loss. And I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. You know, re- relive that moment. But, um, yeah, man. Green Bay, they they disappointed me, um, and uh, you know I won't bet on them again. No, you it's can't. not it's not even the fact about betting against Tom Brady because I'm gonna bet my money, put my money on Kansas City, and we're gonna get to Kansas City here in a second. But yeah. 
I ain't but I'm not betting with with uh with Green Bay no more. No, man, and and uh everyone thought that Rodgers was on his way out, you know, because they drafted Jordan Love in the first round to be his replacement. Right. And he comes off and has his MVP season. He I mean this season he was unbelievable, right? And then he comes mm-hmm. out this week and just pretty much laid an egg in the first half. He threw an interception right before the half that led to the touchdown and the Aaron Jones fumble. But then he, he even let it let it come back for his team. He let it come back. You know, they're doing everything they're supposed to do. They yep. dr- they Lazar drops the two-point conversion. Or it was the same round. One of them dropped the two-point conversion. But even on the Brown. third – in the last way of the drive, the last time Green Bay had the ball, third down, they did, well, that, that drive in particular in the goal, in the red zone, they didn't run the ball once, which is a mistake. Number two, Rodgers had a, a wide-open lane of a touchdown to run it in. I don't know what he was seeing. Regardless, if you run the ball, you, you get five yards at least for a more comfortable fourth down. And then the, the Matt LaFleur kicks a field goal. What are you doing? You're not getting that ball back. Like, there's, you're not getting the ball back. Why would you even try that? And you see, and that's the issue. That's why these conspiracy theorists that believe the games are rigged have a valid point. You cannot tell me there's a valid reason why we're taking a field goal in that situation. You, I don't know, you man. You lost the game. You lost the that game. That is the game. You might and, as well. But sometimes people just make mistakes. I don't know if I can say that's a conspiracy or not because he kicked the field goal. I'm just saying, I, I can't really say that because you out there trying to – everybody trying to win because Aaron, Aaron Rodgers got a legacy. Aaron, he, Aaron he was Rodgers, trying to win. If he was mistake. trying to win, he would have put his legs in his shoulder and whatever else would have probably got injured on that run to the goal line on the line. That's just, that's all I'm saying. I've seen him make that I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he's done that. <laughs> he ran the ball in that – he's done that several times. I don't know. I don't know what he was – I don't even know. Maybe he was a shell shot. Maybe he just been hit so much he didn't want to get hit again. I don't know what it was. It was a mistake not to run that ball in. Even if he don't get a touchdown, he gets five yards at least. At least. Exactly. And that point, you know, it's what? Fourth and goal for the three instead of the eight? Mm-hmm. Come on now. That was yeah. – that was, that was very important. manageable. Very manageable. But, I, I mean, one thing that I did see – and, you know, I mean, there's not many more reasons as to how Green Bay lost obvi- uh, other than just not, you know, um, making the plays. But they – Aaron Rodgers, right? I, I saw what he was trying to do with getting it to uh, Devontae Adams. He was trying to set his team up to be on the goal line because, as we all saw, there was a missed call where there was a holding, a defensive holding. Mm-hmm. When Adams was, you know, running his route in the end zone. Mm-hmm. However, Rodgers didn't get him the ball soon enough. If he would have threw it to him right when the tug of the jersey uh, took place, they would have they would have got yeah, the flag, I'm sure, and yeah. they would have been on the goal line. Yeah. But you missed the opportunity to do that. So, you know, you can't just rely on the refs, man. You can't. No, you can't. And that's what these quarterbacks do too often. They see that a defender – you know, grabs a person or holds a person and, you know, they, they try to throw to that receiver and get the interference call. So I don't know, but, um, you know, I don't know. The viewers going to want you to get a COVID test though. That's all I know. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just a little, little uh, but I will say, I'm going to have to get tested there in front of everybody. So I don't think I got COVID. Uh, but anyway, uh, I saw on the flip side of that, you know, Tom Brady, once again, leads his team to Super Bowl. He wasn't great, obviously. In the second half, three interceptions, that was pretty bad. But 
I will say that uh, he gave that team life. You know, he gave that team a presence. Yeah. And they they all believed when he walked in the door that they were going to make it there. They did. So, shout out to TB12 again, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 Woo. Oh, man. My bad, All right. It's, I get a little comedy in the first episode, right? <laughs> it's all good, brother. It's all good. Get it out. <laughs> all right. So, uh. But yeah, so um, TB12 is, I don't know, man, a guy that won't go away. He just won't go away. He just keeps coming back. He like the little, I guess the little dead roach or whatever. He try to keep stomping it and killing it, and he just won't go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, he just keeps yeah. stomping, but he's staying alive. It's crawling. That's TB12. But shout out to him, man. When you're great and you set your mind to something that you really want to do, he proves that, that you can really do it. And, like, he's not what he, what he used to be. He still did enough to get his team to Zubo, though, I would say. Right, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, it is what it is. We At this stage of his career, we know what he's capable of doing. Apparently, Matt LaFleur didn't because he, didn't, he he thought he was going to get his defense, you know, um, I guess uh, ready to get their offense the ball back. But uh, yeah, we saw how that, you know, how that how that panned out for him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, and, you know, just flipping sides to, to Kansas City. You know, they they just showed they were dominant. Uh, not necessarily from start to finish, however, because, you know, Buffalo got out to the early lead, but they showed why they're probably – they are the most potent team in the NFL. What are that? I mean, Tampa Bay has a lot of weapons as well, but the way Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and uh, Eric Bieniemy, you know, they're able to utilize those weapons, man. I mean, essentially, if you look at it, right, Kansas City's offense, you have Mahomes, Kelsey, and uh, Reed, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Essentially, Hill. you just have those three players to account for on the offensive side. Tampa Bay, you have about maybe a handful, five, you know, guys that you got to really account for. But Kansas City's ability to just utilize them in the way that they do makes it really difficult for any defense. And that's why, you know, I think that they are poised to uh, win again this year. Like, yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. I would agree. But I, I don't know how they do it, man. Like, you you mentioned those three guys, right? And they're going to kill you. You I, Like, there's no stopping Tyreek Hill. And I hope they don't do man again because do man. Uh, I, he had 20 yards in the, the first quarter last time he played. So, I hope they just don't right. go man again this time. And, like, you know. But then again, like the 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 Bills, if I'm not mistaken, with, with like a soft zone, and he still got off. He still had like a 172 yards. So it's like he's really hard to stop. One thing that helps the Bucks though, they have really good linebackers. They have um, Avante David, and they have a uh, can't think of his name, uh, Devin White. So those two in itself um, will help match up against Kelsey. Because, I mean, Kelsey's really hard. So, I mean, it'll help. They'll get Antoine Winfield Jr. back, who had a really good year. And probably, if not for Chase Young, probably won defensive rookie of the year. So, that's how good he is. And they'll get the white head back, too. So, the Bucks will be ready on defense. That's really a calling card is defense. So, I mean, they'll be ready. But, as we saw last year, really good defense in the 49ers. Held them down for three quarters. And then they got a little bit of life in the fourth. And they were able to make a comeback and win the game. So, mm-hmm. that just shows how, how hard Kansas City is to stop. I will say Kansas City probably don't want to get up to a slow start again like they have been doing in recent weeks. They always get down to a slow start, but then they come back, right? And don't forget, they don't have the greatest running game, but when uh, 
was it Daryl Williams, right? Or uh, he gets going out the backfield. Yeah, Williams, yeah. When he gets going out the backfield, he's hard to stop. So, yeah. They don't have, and then you got Miko Harmon, you got to account for. Sammy Watkins will be back. He's not a great addition, but it's, it's still somebody you got to account for because they can use him in so many um, different ways. So, for the the Bucks defensively, they're going to have to come with it. And offensively, you know, they, they start really hot, but I don't, Brady for four quarters isn't himself anymore. So, uh, no, nah. and that's the thing. I, I think at this point in, in Brady's career, you can, you can, you can, if you play your defense right, you can bank on getting at least two turnovers out of Brady at this point in his career. However, like I said, I like Kansas City to win this game. I really do. The only way I see, only way I see Tampa Bay winning this game is if those edge rushes from from uh, the Buccaneers. You know, you got Barrett, you got uh, JPP coming off the edge as well. You know, um, if those guys find a way to pressure Mahomes and get him moving around on that bad leg he's got going on over there, oh, they're in trouble. And especially because Eric Fisher is injured too, torn Achilles. Pow, he's out of there. Yeah. So that's your, that's your starting left tackle that, you know, that um, is, is a veteran in the game. And that is a uh, a top, you know, tackle in the game, honestly. So it, it's going to be tough, but I've already got burned by uh, Kansas City. And obviously I got burned by Tampa Bay, but that was more so green baseball. <laughs> but anyways, I, I think that Kansas City will win this game, but it's going to be interesting, man. It really is. And I'm, I'm excited to see it. I think this is where Mahomes, you know, grabs – the league by the horns and says, this is my league. You know, you had Lamar Jackson. You had, uh, you know, uh, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, still not. He's still there. But, yeah. but Mahomes, let's go, baby. Yeah, I'm in the red for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you mentioned that what you, what you mentioned was a good point though. With Fisher's out, that would be the one chance. I mean, that's how the Bucks got to win this game with, with defense, right? And you got yeah. uh, you got Shaq Barrett, you got JPP, Vita Vez back, and they got Sue on that D line. So I mean, they're gonna have to really pressure pressure the the, the Chiefs, and that's what they did good against the Packers. I mean, there were two straight drives that Aaron Rodgers were sacked, and it kind of it killed both drives. So in the second half, so um, I mean, the Bucks once again have to have these are calling card topples. It's gonna have to. Bring, bring that pressure, but I mean, you pressure in the wrong spots, Kansas City will kill you because they get a quick screen out, they get a quick pass to Tyreek Hill, and he goes to the house for seventy yards. So, yeah. You, speaking of plays, you see this new uh, play they run at the when they had the off um, when the, when they had the goal line now to where they they run this little motion right, and then you know Mahomes, Mahomes kind of rolls out and then just kind of flicks it to yeah, to Kelsey. Yeah. Man, it's stuff like that that I can't bet against, brother. I'm sorry. How do you defend that? You don't. I mean, that's just how good they are, right? You you don't defend that. The Bucks have a good defense, but you don't defend that. I mean, that that you can't I don't know how you defend that. You can't you can't defend it. But so I would say the Bucks have some weapons too. You know, the Bucks have Godwin. They have Mike Evans. <laughs> As you saw, Scotty Miller who killed him. Um, Scotty. Man, AB will be back too. AB was their best. I mean, him and Tom had the best connection out of anyone. Yeah, for sure. Before he was injured, you know, uh, the last yeah. well, five weeks of the season, even including the playoffs. So, 
Uh, Absolutely. Got to watch out for A.B. in this game as well. Absolutely. So, I said it with my chest, man. I, I said what I'm rolling with. I'm rolling with Kansas City. Who you got, brother? Oh, I'm too. I'm rolling with Kansas City, too. I ain't wavering. I'm rolling right. with You want to see the gaps or not, you know? <laughs> I'm rolling with him. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I, I, you know, I feel confident in that. So, but, uh, yes. Um, so, this next topic, everyone, is very near and dear to my heart. As I told you, I'm from Detroit, as you can see right here. Detroit, what up, though? To everybody watching. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Detroit Lions, after 12 years, have finally decided to move on from Matthew Stafford, y'all. And uh, while some of y'all may think I'm sad, I'm not. I'm doing my, like, I'm doing like cartwheels on the inside, you know. <laughs> Shout out to Stafford, though, for everything that he's done for his organization. He ain't won nothing. But, you know, he stabilized it. We ain't been terrible. We, I guess we have been terrible. Um, but he's been uh, he's been good, you know. He's been a good quarterback, uh, somebody that we could definitely count on every week. I mean, the dude was played injured. He's a really tough dude. It is not working out in Detroit, so Mm-mm. it's they got you know Brad Holmes brought Brad Holmes in from the Rams to be the GM. Brought in Dan Campbell from the Dolphins to be the head coach. So um, I'm happy they're moving on and they're rebuilding and restarting, and it's gonna be tough, but it's what's needed. Like you can't keep going with Stafford because it hasn't worked. And it's also unfair to Stafford to keep making him stay here when it's clearly not working. Like, let him go somewhere else and see if he can win. If he can win, you know, props to him. If not, you know, he can't. But you got to let him – you got you you owe him that, you know, to let him go out there and try to do it. So, you know, I think it's it's good for both sides. You know, there, there people say, well, the Lions failed Stafford. Um, yeah, they have failed Stafford. And there are times he's failed <laughs> the Lions. Like, there have been times in 2013 when they had to win one game. Out of, they started – they were 7-5 and in 2013. Had to win one game to win a division. Just one. Just one. Out of, and they couldn't do it. They finished with a four-game losing streak. But I got How many games said, a game oh. they just had to win? One. Oh, no. Just one game. To one game, and he couldn't do it. 2014. Mm. Yes, I know mm. the playoffs happened. I understand. The, the flag, they picked up the flag. I understand. However – they still only scored six points in, in three quarters of football. Yeah. They went to That's Seattle sad. in 2017. Didn't score a touchdown. Like, it's stuff like that. Like, Stafford, gotta, he got to take blame <laughs> for that. But it's also been times, like 2011, when they played the Saints. Stafford, they, they, they didn't, the defense didn't get a stop against the Saints in the playoffs that year. So, like, that I can't put on him. That's why I said it goes both ways. And you right, can't just exactly. say, oh, well, the, the Lions fell Stafford. No, it goes both ways, y'all. So, yep. Stop crying. I've seen the videos of people crying at Stafford leaving. Grow up. Crying? Wipe the tears. Grow up. Wipe the tears off your face. <laughs> Stop crying over the man who has won nothing for you, and it's time to move on. It's just simple. But I don't know. People can't, people can't grasp that concept. Yeah, they can't, man. You know how it is. You know, these uh, certain fans, man, are just delusional. You know, they're they insane, what we call insane. They want, they want to keep the same quarterback and get different results. That's insanity. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, that is that is the definition of insanity. You are correct. <laughs> and look, I can relate, brother, because you know why? I felt the same way about Elijah. And for y'all, that's that slow. Eli Manning, okay? Elijah Manning. I'm I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. Everybody knows that. That knows me anyways. Um, But I'm an honest Giants fan. Just like yourself, you're an honest Lions fan. You know when to admit when your organization is – is is terrible, mm-hmm. and and I felt the same way. I was like, you know, Eli, he won us two Super Bowls. That's cool, man. Like I appreciate that. I'm not ungrateful for that. However, 
the last six years, brother, you you won me heartaches and headaches and pain. You know, so I got to go off of what you recently done, just like everybody else judges everyone off of what they recently done. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at you for wanting to get rid of Stafford because there are a, a, a well, let me not say a lot, but there are a good amount of uh, young quarterbacks in this draft class that can, you know, help you guys get re-energized, you know, reinvigorate rather the organization and uh, get you guys, you know, back in, back in action. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, Stafford, I know you Georgia Bulldog fans out there might, you know, they say the Lions. They love Stafford, man. They love him, man. Oh, they love him, man. He's probably the greatest quarterback in their eyes as a uh, Georgia, you know. I don't know. He got a battle buck blue, buck blue for that one because Buck won him a championship back in the eighties. But yeah, that that's true. That's true. I don't know too much. Look, Georgia Bulldogs. I, I'm a USC fan, right? And this is a whole nother story, but that I'm not necessarily going to get into. But Georgia Bulldog fans are another group of people that need to uh, realize, you know, when something isn't that. Delusional. But yeah, yeah I mean, they, delusional. But let's say that, though. Let's say that because, trust me, we're going to have all fall to tell Georgia fans how mm, delusional I can't wait. They I are, can't wait. They are very delusional. And we're we going to be in a nice big studio, too, to talk yes. about it. I can't wait. Just so they can all but, hear. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, shout out to uh, I know Dan Campbell in in his introductory press conference when he's talking about biting off kneecaps and stuff. And, uh, wasn't the most uh, I guess you say I didn't really have a biggest problem with it as everyone else did. I mean, I can understand what people were saying, you know, just from a standpoint the African American coach can't do that, and I agree they can't, you know. But I didn't really have that big a problem that that he said it. It's just me personally. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, it's whatever. But um, shout out to him though, who who he's given several. Uh, African-American coaches a chance on the staff. You know, he has Anthony Lynn, former Chargers coaches, OC, Aaron Glenn, a defensive backs coach with the Saints, his D.C., Deuce Staley, who was with the Eagles for a while. He's out with the Lions staff. So, shout out to him. And he's, even shout out to, uh, to Bruce Arians in the Bucks. Once yeah. again, same thing. Byron Leftwich, offensive coordinator. You mm-hmm. have uh, Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator. And Keith Armstrong is special teams coach. And they have tons of assistants, all African-Americans. So, Shout out to teams who 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 are get being more progressive and getting with the times and and just giving you don't have to just have all African Americans Americans on your staff but just giving them a chance right giving qualified qualified candidates a chance to go out and coach right that they haven't been given the opportunities in the past and obviously we still have a long way to go the league still has a long way to go when it comes to that but you know some teams are are better with it than others I will say so that's yeah. that's a huge huge plus absolutely I was gonna say that I mean. And and this is the last thing I have to say necessarily about the uh, the situation, but um, you, I agree with you. Like, I'm not all for you know just giving African American you know coaches head coach opportunities or even coordinator opportunities just because mm-hmm. I'm not with that right. because now you're looking for a handout, and I, right. I've never been the one to ask for that. But an opportunity, mm-hmm. just an honest equal opportunity. Right. That's that's the only thing that we, you know, uh, can can ask for. And, um, you know, they like you said, kudos to those organizations that have uh, uh, allowed, you know, these uh, minority coaches to step in and and get opportunity. So, yeah, to you guys on that. Yeah, for sure. No doubt on that one.
Alrighty, it's happened to the league, the association, the basketball association, national basketball association. Uh, it's been a rough start for the league so far, man. Uh, they, like I mentioned earlier, they can't get through one night without having the game postponed or canceled. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the NBA kind of changed things up last August when they started the bubble, and they made things look great. Things were looking uh, amazing, right? No COVID mm-hmm. cases or nothing. But you're all in the bubble together, so there's no COVID in there. You know, you're going to be good. But now. Players are out, and obviously just being out in the world, you know, being traveling and, and going back and forth, practicing to different city to city, like the chances of you catching catching it, you know, the, the virus is going to increase, right? So, that, I mean, that's a no-brainer. And NBA's kind of dr- drug their feet. Now they have this new policy that you can't um, dap up after games, after you just, you just like sweating and, and you, you checking somebody for three hours and bumping, bumping whatnot. But now, all of a sudden, you can't dap up after a game, and they got man, it, it, it's which is ridiculous. Man, it, it's it's aside from that, right? Because that's the obvious, right? Here, here's where I, I like to dig a little deeper into logic and the reasons behind actions. Yeah, I would think that it's more. I would think it would be smarter, right, for them to have the G League not playing a bubble as opposed to having them playing a bubble simply because and, and and no offense to the G League players, they matter just like everybody else. Right. Shout out to Malik, uh Ben Levy, you know, big season coming up, boy. Um but uh it it would make more sense to test it out on those guys because you know it's not as many of them, you know, and yeah and to see how how they are reacting to the virus and things of that nature with not being in the bubble. Yeah. You know, and then if they're progressing and the numbers are, you know, trending in the right direction, then you say, okay, we can do this with the association. We could allow the NBA to um, operate outside of the bubble, Mm -hmm. but they're doing it the other way around. And I don't really understand that. You know, I mean, you're protecting G League players, which, like I said, is awesome because everybody matters, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me, man. It it doesn't make sense to me. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much longer the season. Hopefully, you know the season plays out in it in its entirety. But who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, they've had so many games switched to the back half of the season that they they had they hadn't released the second half of the season yet. It's gonna start after the March All Star break. But I mean, now you have to make up so many more games because of this because you have so Absolutely. many postponed before. So I don't know what the league is. Gonna, they got to figure something out. I mean, they're gonna have they they probably won't pause it, but they probably should pause it to get this under control, man. Like. You just, I mean, it's it's just not, it's not okay right now. It just, it looks really bad to keep going like this and just have, putting people at risk. And you had just so many games canceled so far, but whatever. Uh, but so far, um, the teams that have played have looked, that, that, that have looked well, obviously the Lakers, we knew they would look good, right? Defending champions, they would, uh, they came out once again. And it's like the, 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 the short period of rest they had didn't even affect them. You know, they finished playing in August, yeah. came back in December and they were ready to go, right? No, mm-hmm. you got the Utah Jazz looking pretty good. Uh, the Clippers are looking, you know, Clippers had a few few bad games, but outside of that, they've looked really well so far this season with new coach uh, yeah. Ty Lue out there with those guys. Um, and then in the East, I, I should mention the Suns too, who actually have 
Yeah. They've, they've looked a lot better. They haven't, you know, they've, they're eight and seven right now, but they've actually looked a lot better with Chris Paul out there. Devin Booker is, is playing pretty well, too. That CP effect. <laughs> yeah, no, for it's real, man. It's definitely real. Um, And then you got the 76ers who play the game with eight players once. So that shows yeah. you the state of COVID, right? They play with eight players. Uh, but Ridiculous. they're making it work. They're topping the, top the East right now, 12 and six. And you got the Nets who – just acquired James Harden, right? And they're trying to work through that whole experience. So, I guess, Dimitri, I guess I'll say all that to say, just what do you like about the season so far? You know, what's kind of surprised you? You know, what do you expect coming up? I mean, to be honest, what I like so far is the competitiveness in both conferences. Mm-hmm. For instance, right, my Knicks, man, I mean, I know we're below 500. We just lost to a really good Utah Jazz team that we honestly should have beat last night. We had a double-digit league going in the halftime, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, just, you know, the level of play, man, these guys, you know, they, a lot of, and you know why it's because a lot of the teams that didn't make the bubble is so energized, have all this energy and are ready, man, that they're like really playing hard and and knocking off some, you know, top tier teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, so in the East, if you look at it, like the, from six through eight, and Mm -hmm. even a couple of teams that are outside of that eighth position, I mean, they are like neck to neck, they're battling, they're they're playing hard and out West. You know, you got teams, like you said, Phoenix. I mean, who who thought that Phoenix was really going to just, you know, make splashes like that? I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. think they were. I did. You did? I did. I, no, I did not. I did oh, not. you didn't. Okay, cool. I was going to say. I thought it would be okay, they, but I didn't think they were like, you know, they're playing pretty nah. well. I mean, they're, they're seventh yeah. in the West, but they've looked a lot better, you know. They've looked now. a lot better. They have, you know. I didn't see this, no. Yeah, I didn't see it, but – Utah is a very surprise because Utah started off really slow. The mm-hmm. Knicks actually beat them. They are a team that beat off a you know a, a, a dominant team in, in Utah. Right. Uh, the Knicks beat them earlier, but Utah has really bounced back and um, they're on like a nine-game winning streak right now, I believe. So, you know, they they are the ones that surprising me uh, the most. But um, I just expect you know a lot of hard play going forward. However, I wouldn't be surprised. Would not be surprised if teams become more sluggish as the season goes on. You're playing these back-to-backs. Yeah. You got teams that are off for X amount of days before getting back active. This is a lot, man. So I'm not gonna be surprised to see the level of play you mm-hmm. know, fluctuate. Yeah. But I am excited about uh, these these teams um, playing hard, and you know, I. Hey, I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm from Brooklyn. So seeing mm-hmm. the Nets win obviously is a win for me. Yeah. But, you know, I I'm impressed with with uh, everything going on as far as the level of play. Yeah, I agree. Um it's it's, it's, it's been a it's been a, what teams have played it is it's been, you know, good to watch at, at at times. But it is weird not having any fans there. It's just like it is, man. The noise, like everything, like you see how much the fans really matter at games, you know. Um, and that that is it's crazy to think think that like even when you look at highlights from last year, like you look at a game now, right? And then you look at a game from last January, and it's two different worlds. And it doesn't even yeah. think that it was only a year a year apart, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but you think the Hawks are gonna uh, have fans? I know Trey was saying, you know, see Trey Young is eh. look, man. I love these athletes because you know. They're they're like regular people, you know what I mean? Like I I have I you know I could relate to them on a on a different level, as I'm sure you can as well in certain certain instances. But 
Man, come on, man. I didn't like that quote simply because you're acknowledging the fact that being safe is the way to go, but you're also entertaining the fact of having fans because of what it will do for the team. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so let me look. Let me look. I did see something earlier that said the State Farm Arena is going to start on about 8%. I'm not Um, necessarily sure how many, but that, that sounds about, you know, right. But that was the report that I saw. Let me see. Um, and yeah, my, so my thing is from the AJC a couple of days ago, they're gonna allow eight percent capacity, so that's about 1300 fans, or f- we will be permitted into the building. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, 1300 fans is that gonna help you win enough games to win a championship? No, all right, then. So that's why I'm like, you know, it's pointless to have fans in there at all, man. Let's just keep it quiet, right. And then we're going to turn up later in the year, hopefully, you know? Hopefully, but right, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't get it, Christian, man. I don't get it. I, I just think our, we – and, I mean, our, the country never – I mean, now we got a different thing. But the country never took this seriously from the start. And so now – I mean, that's why we're at this point now. We're, we're, we want to do things. We want to get back to how we were once living because we were so, so used to it. But yeah. we also got to do what it takes to be able to get that right. Everyone has to do their part to – be able to get us to that point. So, uh, man, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. If, like, we'll never get back to it. We just hope that we can soon. But I agree. You know, if, if the goals to be safe and they're only allowing 1,300 people in there, what is that going to really do for anybody? Exactly. Okay. My, that's that's what I'm saying. But, you know, like I said, we'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how these uh, these guys, you know, react to having fans in there. If it helps them win games, cool. I don't agree with it, but, no, but... that's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, all right. Um, so far it's gonna be this is gonna be a weird year to to judge a rookie of the year, but uh, we have we have some some of the young brothers. One of your guys, Emmanuel Quickly for the Knicks, has played really well. I will give him. Oh, quick, quick. Uh, he's he's what twenty fifth. He's picked in the twenties, right? Um, Yeah, he he was a. uh, I believe he was a twenty fifth pick. I'm I think so, but yeah, he was in the twenties. Yeah, so uh, very surprised there. Number one pick, Ant Man, Anthony Edwards out of UGA, West Side Atlanta. Shout out to West Side, West as they call it, uh, Atlanta. But uh, he's has, had his flashes and playing really well. LaMelo Ball has had his flashes, but he's played well. Wiseman has had flashes. Like, they've all had flashes. I don't know if one person has really done enough to put themselves apart from everyone and, and say they're a leader in the clubhouse, but we've all seen good flashes from the young players. This is what we, what we all, I guess, wanted to see in, in a year like this where they didn't have. I mean, most of them hadn't played basketball since March, you know, uh, right. when, when before the NCAA season got shut down. Even though I was playing international ball, I hadn't really played since prior to that, really. So, without a year with no, you know, so no summer league, no real training camp, no real preseason, like, there's only so much you can expect from these young guys when they're just trying to get back to the floor playing basketball. And you have to learn how to live the NBA life with the travel and everything yeah. that comes with it. And you don't really get that this year because it's everything is different. You don't really get the – you get a back-to-back, but then sometimes you're playing the same stadium twice. It's just not the same. So, whatever you can get from a young player this year, I think is a positive, you know. I can't – I'm not going to really be too critical on any – I mean, to be critical on somebody at the one year is tough anyway. But especially you like this, I'm not going to be critical of any rookie because it's just – they're trying to get their feet wet in the league, and it's it's just like a really unique situation. It's not – the ideal situation for them, to, you know, to, to get their career started. Yeah, no, nah, you, you couldn't have said it any better. And to be quite honest, I'm looking for something to disagree with you on. 
but you've been money, man. And and it's simply simply because a guy like Obi Toppin, right? You didn't even mention his name when he when you started throwing out candidates. Yeah. Because the guy's averaging like probably ten minutes a game. And and here's the thing. Yeah. So injuries took place, right? And also his his like the way he plays the game, you could tell that he really needs some time because he's just a little out of control in a sense. But he over the last I say three games, he's been, you know, playing a little bit more under control. But like you said, man, it's really hard to criticize and more so critique these players because they they are simply just getting accustomed. You know, they haven't played ball in so long. So, yeah, it's hard for me to say, you know, Obi is a bust, obviously. I'm not going to say that. No. Uh, and it's hard for me to say Emmanuel quickly should be rookie of the year right. because they every, every rookie has been so inconsistent. Right. I think it'll come down to whichever rookie gets the most minutes down the stretch and is scoring in at least double digits. I feel like that's going to be the person to to win rookie of the year. You know, they they're scoring in double figures and then they also, you know, have maybe around five and a half rebounds or assists and, uh, you know, like six rebounds, you know, something like that. Nothing crazy though. Nothing crazy is going to win them rookie of the year. Nah, but I don't think we're gonna see a really crazy performance from a rookie this year, like you like you just mentioned. Just just because of everything that is involved with it. Um, all right, anything else on the league sports you want you want to talk about before you get to this? Uh... Man, it's funny because this next topic that I want to touch base on is kind of sports related, right? Dog, I cannot believe I saw Trey Song getting roughed up by some security officers at the Kansas City uh, Kansas City football game this past weekend, man. I saw the video, and I'm like, dude, is he really, like, tussling with officers? Dog, he, Crit, Crit he, had, he had an officer in the headlock, man. He had... <laughs> What's wrong with that, man? He had an officer in the headlock, man. I, I don't know... So I was reading up on it because, of course, you know, I wanted to get the facts before I spoke on it. Yeah. And I, I clicked on uh, TMZ's link. I, I, I try to go for a more, uh, I mean, a source that's more, I guess, professional in terms of the things that they cover. But mm-hmm. anyways, TMZ had the article and it stemmed because Trey Songs was at the game and he, had, he didn't have a mask on. And I guess, you know, people in the crowd uh we're kind of giving him a hard time. And then eventually, you know, uh, security officers got involved. And then eventually law enforcement, like I'm talking about the sheriff. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe it, man. <laughs> What's I just wear the mask, man. man. Like, why? Like, come on now. Why you got to do Wear the mask, bro. And then you want to, you want to wrong. And then you, you trying to fight with like, bro, come on. You're wrong. Wear your mask and, and just do what you got to do. Like, and and what do you what are you fighting and arguing for, bro? You you're wrong here. Here's my thing. My thing is this, Trey. You shouldn't even be at the game. That's very if, true. If we're being honest, if we're being honest, man, you shouldn't even be there. You know why? Because it's a pandemic. You know why else? You're a celebrity, dude. So if you're gonna, if you know you're gonna go there and not want to wear a mask, bro, just don't go. Just don't go. And now he just made himself look crazy. I don't know. Maybe he's dropping an album. You know, that's usually the case. But 
he he definitely uh needs to needs to uh tone it down a little bit. And then, you know, of course as Trump was exiting, he also had Kodak Black exit Kodak. the prison walls. And you know, that was that was I'm kinda torn on that. <clears throat> I'm kinda torn on that because I don't know if he did it out of um you know, really love and, and wanting to give somebody another chance or <clears throat> if he did it, you know, of course, for the publicity and everything else that comes with that. So I don't know. Uh, I don't. I really don't. That was uh, – I didn't – I mean, he obviously part of Lil Wayne, part of some other people, Steve Bannon, Kwame Kilpatrick, shot to Mr. Kill. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the, the, the Kodak one either. I was trying to find this release, man. I mean, it was hilarious, right? So in the release <laughs> – they call Kodak a quote community community leader. Community. I don't know in what world that Kodak back is, is a community leader, you know. Now look, don't get me wrong. He has a couple of songs where I'm like, okay, Yak, let's go. You know, he he's he's Haitian too. I'm you know I, I'm half Haitian. My my dad's side of the family is Haitian, so you know I like to support uh, my fellow Zos or whatnot. But I mean, if we're being real. Uh, he's leading the community in one direction, and and that's not to the church, or not. <laughs> he don't even got to be to the church, but <laughs> he's not leading them in the right direction. If you ask me, and we all know why. No. If you li- just listen to a song of his, you yeah, exactly. So I, I, I mean, if you were to release him, I that that was what that kind of threw me off that they called him a community leader. But uh, hey, I guess yeah. he's he leading somebody community, right? Yeah, exactly. He's a rapper in the community. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 what that is. But um, but yeah, man, that's all I. You know, that's that. Those are the only two things that I wanted to kind of you know talk about with the people, see what they're thinking about out there, man. And you know, hopefully, uh, we can get some 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 people to interact and mm-hmm. shoot us some questions, whatever you know they felt about the first yeah. show. You know, this is just a uh, wanting to get it out there, wanting to you know have people become aware of what we have going on in our platform and right and we got some big things coming up we're gonna get better right no agree 100 as Dimitri mentioned before you know we'll be five minute studio and then a new location coming up soon um but like so we just want to get it out get it started uh, get our feet wet in first give you guys a chance to meet us and, and kind of see who we are and get you know get connected with us and obviously you can reach out to us on social media you can follow me at uh Chris underscore Crit with two T's. That's on Twitter and uh, Instagram. If you want to follow me there, you can definitely do that. Demetri, you want to give out your handle too? Yeah, man. I, um, I'm on. I'm on Twitter, man. Uh, you can follow me at only one chin. So that's gonna be the number one. Only one chin. Uh, we all only got one chin anyway. So I figured, you know, that <laughs> that would be the name. But I'm. A, I'm gonna get back on Instagram soon, man. Me and my wife, we had to kind of decompress and get away you know, for a little bit, just kind of refreshing. Um, I don't know. I If it wasn't for the podcast, I definitely would not be back on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I'm not showing as inactive, but I'm just not active, if you know what I mean. But, um, but yeah, I'll be back on there. But uh, you can also follow the, um, the podcast Twitter handle as well. We're going to get that up right quick. Yeah, it's actually up right now. So you can want to check it out. You can definitely do that. Uh, at Crit, C-R-I-T-T, Chin is where you follow. The name of the page is obviously Real Game with Crit and Chin. 
But make sure you follow us on, on uh, Twitter. Instagram will be up soon, too. So make sure you do that for us, and we'll, we'll definitely follow back. Um, and if you have any questions, tweet us. You know, we'll definitely be interacting with everyone. So we want we, we want to interact with you guys. So make sure you DM us if you got questions. Tweet us if you want our questions. We'll be tweeting out stats, sports, whatever comes to mind. So, uh, yeah, just, I mean, episode one, our pilot episode, but we many things in store, you know, big things in store for you guys. So make sure you, you know, Come along with the ride. Come along with us for the ride. It's going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah. Forgot to mention. We're going to have some really good and professional guests coming on the show to drop what? Real game. So be on the lookout for that. You know, uh, Chris and I both, you know, have some good people in our uh, network Mm -hmm. um, that we want to, you know, bring on to the show. And uh, not just, you know, just talk sports, but talk real life things, you know. Um, and I'm not going to shit no topics just yet, but just know things uh, that you'll want to know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have those guests come on and uh, drop real game on you guys. Big facts. That is facts. You will be, you will be very satisfied with uh, what we bring to you guys. I can promise you that. Absolutely. So there it is. First episodes in the books. What it, what, what, it, what, what we say? Real game, baby. Real game. Until next time, everybody, stay safe, take care of each other.